Thank you for checking out the One Best Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Karachi, alongside. Andrew Quimby. And Mr. Quimby, what do we have in store tonight? Tonight we are going to be discussing the DC animated movie Justice League Doom from 2012. And as this is our third episode of Batcast now, so I guess we should title it uh, finally. I know that's something that you've always said we should do. So yeah, this is episode three of Batcast. And for people that are wondering where they can check out the podcast, uh, obviously you found it because you're listening to it. But if you want to tell your friends where you want to check out the pod, you can tell them that if they have an Android phone, you can find it on Spotify or pretty much any podcast app. I think Spotify is the number one uh, podcast app on Android, if I'm not mistaken. And then on iPhone or Apple device, you could search it right on the podcast app. I, that's the one I use. I highly recommend it. It's the best podcast app, uh, just like you're listening to the one best podcast. Now, how do you like that? <laughs> I've also been informed that apparently if you just Google Andrew Quimby podcast in Google, oh, our podcast like comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay then. So apparently... If you just Google my name with the podcast, you know, it just pops up there. That's also an option. <laughs> if you could figure so, out how to spell um, my name. <laughs> we're going to go to our analytic department. And uh, last episode, um, Batman Public Enemies did 17 plays. So there we go. We're we're climbing up the leaderboard. And our all-time episode. Uh, all-time leading episode right now is for the one best podcast it is still one best podcast episode baseball just just titled baseball episode one at 26 and then the first episode of Batcast superman red sun is number two on that list now at 25 so we're just one away from red sun being the number one rated episode on the one best podcast network all right, just give me a minute. Let me find a couple websites to play the podcast, and we can change that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't. I normally flux the numbers a little bit. I'll play it from multiple different apps just to kind of see how it affects the the plays. But I have not. I did not do that with Red Sun. And I didn't do that with any of the backcast episodes this time. So these are legit numbers, unless you're fluctuating the numbers. But I, I there have you not. Go. But. Wait, are you saying, did you fluctuate the numbers with the baseball ones, gave them an unfair advantage? I might have. I, I may have, because it was probably the first one I did. Because that mm. baseball, bat, the, the wiki cast is what we were calling it back then. Um, that, uh, that was one of the first ones we, I did with Eric, and it did pretty well. What is that uh, sound going on over there? What? You don't hear that? Oh, my my laptop's rubbing against the arm of the chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, see, it see, again, like I have the headphones on. I cannot hear the world around me with these on. <laughs> oh, it, it sounded like a squirrel and a uh, sheep, you know, having fun. But um, oh, <laughs> we not. <laughs> so okay, Justice League Doom is a direct-to-video uh, direct animated superhero film 
loosely based off the JLA Tower of Babel, a 2000 comics book written by Andrew Quimby. No, I'm kidding. That's an inside joke. And ran, <laughs> ran in the DC comic series, JLA. So pretty much um, the, from, from me watching this, it seems like it is definitely a... Uh, are you like in a rocking chair or something? No. Hmm. Uh, what do you hear? It's it's a consistent like something something's going on. Is there a dog oh. or something like? One second, let me. Oh, I, I yes, the, the, my dog is chewing a bone. Okay, that's what we're hearing. Okay, I know. I had to literally take my headphone off to hear it. Is it is it bad? Yeah. You can hear it. <laughs> it's, it's good now, though. So, okay. um, so, anyways, uh, from for me watching this, it kind of seems like it's kind of a continuation of the animated series from the Justice League version. But I'm I get so confused on what if this is part of that universe, or if this is its own universe, or if it's just a one-off. I'm gonna treat it kind of like a one-off because that's kind of what it feels like. It does feel like it's the Batman from the animated series. Would you agree on that? Yeah, it seems like the Batman. It's it's a different art style too, though, isn't it? It's a completely different art style, but it's the same voice actor. Yeah, yeah, because the the art style initially threw me off because it wasn't it was not the art style I was expecting from this movie. There's nothing wrong with it or anything like that. It just yeah, everything was a bit different and just. It threw me off in the, in the beginning of this because I was not expecting that. So this is starring Kevin Conroy as Batman, Tim Daly as um, as Superman. He played Superman in the animated series, but he did not play him in the uh, Justice League animated series. He played him in the Superman animated series. Uh, Susan Eisberg as Wonder Woman. She comes back. Nathan Fillion for Green Lantern. That's, yes, uh, Nathan Fillion. Uh, Carl Lumbly, Martian Manhunter, also played Martian Manhunter in the animated series, and he also played, um, yeah, and th- sorry, I, that's a different guy I'm thinking of, Michael Rosenbaum for The Flash. In the uh, Justice League animated series, he plays Wally West. Uh, this one, he's playing Barry Allen, because Barry Allen's alive. It, back then, uh, Barry Allen was supposed to be dead, and he was gone for like 23 years before he came back in 2008, because uh, he was trapped in the uh, the Speed Force. Bumper Robinson as Cyborg. Now, is that the same Cyborg voice from uh, the Teen Titans show? Do you think? I, I I don't know. Did you ever watch Teen Titans? Um. I've seen episodes of it. I'm looking at it right now. It does not look so. It does not look like it. No. It just sounded like them. And then we have uh, some dude as Kane. A sorry dude. I can't pronounce that last name. And uh, Claudio Black is Cheetah. I like how Phil Morris's name is who played Vandal Savage is so low on this list, and he's actually one of the bigger names in this. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but 
the character really wasn't. He didn't he actually main, have that big of a part in it. He was the main antagonist. He was the main antagonist. Yeah, but he had like th- two minutes of screen time, probably. And only had a couple monologues, and that's about it. He was, like, every other member was basically on screen more than him. Now, uh, he played Vandal Savage also in the animated series. I checked in on that. That is true. And he also played Martian Manhunter in um, Smallville. So, little ties to the DC Universe with these guys. Uh, Overall, uh, did you like the film? Dislike the film, math film. Overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good one. Didn't do anything unexpected. It you pretty much you knew what was going to happen from the start of this. this. Well, halfway through, once you figured out what was going on, you pretty much knew what was going on, and you knew how it was going to end because they just did whatever they were doing. There was no no shocking twists or anything like that. Other than the half twist of finding out it was actually Batman's plans, which I guess if you hadn't read the description of it, it would have actually been a twist. But I guess if you had read any description of the movie, it wasn't a twist. You know, when I first saw this movie, uh, the very first time back in 2012, when I saw the picture, I honestly thought it was Batman taking out the Justice League. That's what sold me on it. I didn't read anything on it. I didn't do any research on it. I just kind of saw the cover, and I knew the premises of Doom. So I was thinking, like, dude, is this the actual, uh, is this the actual movie where he like, he he takes out the Justice League? That's what I was thinking. So I was slightly disappointed when there were actual villains and stuff like that. But other than that, um, I thought it was. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed this movie. Um, in the original comic book version, they had. Uh, Rachel Ghoul as the main villain. Um, I'm glad they used Vandal Savage. He already has kind of a a stain power with the JLA or the JLAA or whatever you would call it, the Justice League animated universe. So J J L A U. So um, also the whole JLA acronym, which I never heard at any point in time, and they pretty much just threw that out there, and that's what they used this entire movie to refer to the Justice League. Was just like the JLA, the JLA. I'm like, what is this JLA? I've never heard anyone say the JLA before in this movie that's like exclusively used that acronym. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, because okay. they they always went by Justice League, not Justice League of America. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, so, like, so I thought the movie overall was pretty good. Um, I guess the, uh, the only thing that, I don't know if there's necessarily something that would have made it better, but maybe it's different characters. Like, uh, if Green Lantern was uh, Jon Stewart, since that's the one that we keep using in the animated universe, and then we keep bringing on Hal Jordan in the movies. So it's kind of weird, because Hal Jordan doesn't really exist in the JLA. You? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, I would I would have said, like, I don't know, I can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe better, the like, the villains that they used to, like, enact these plans, like, the Cheetah person, I don't know, maybe that's actually like a big villain for Wonder Woman, but I, I never knew who Cheetah was. 
at least I knew I knew who Bane was, but like I know who Cheetah was, and then what the Mirror Man? That's that's a whole. Who who the heck is Mirror Man? What what is He's what a is flash that? Villain. He's a flash villain. It's an incredibly disappointing. He just makes holograms and stuff of himself. And then Flash yeah. runs really fast and then goes through all, all, and then he just keeps doing this over and over. That's how they fight. He just makes yeah. holograms, and then he runs through them and just guesses over and over and over and over again. And it's just, that, that's, that's every, like, okay, you know how this is going to end. He's eventually just going to run super fast and just do the thing. So, and, pretty know. much the essence, the essence of the movie is... Uh, Randall Savage steals uh, plans to neutralize or kill the Justice League, uh, kill the Justice League so his actual plan can come forward. Because he has this plan where he's going to launch a missile into the sun, and then the rays are going to come and wipe out half or maybe two thirds of the Earth. Right? That's yes, pretty much that was it. It's like, oh yeah, just, just like, oh yeah, you're going to destroy the planet because not the whole planet, just half, maybe two thirds. That, God, that's he's so none. good. That that this, voice actor uh, and the way he's written is just so good. Like I yeah, so recommend like you to watch part. the the Justice League animated series episodes with he, with him in it. Those are some of the best ones, especially Hereafter, which is still my favorite episode of the Justice League animated series. I could do an entire podcast on that episode alone on how awesome that episode is. <laughs> Because that, that, to me, is my favorite Justice League animated series episode. And that's a Superman episode. But Vandal Savage was so freaking good in it that it's just like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, like I said, I could go into an entire tangent on that. Maybe I will at some point, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that. How about that? So, um, yes. <laughs> so I, have, I got to watch that episode, and then we can go off on a tangent of that together. Oh, so good. It's so good. So it, it'll probably actually, it, it kind of shows you like how Superman, it, it's a Superman episode, but it's mm-hmm. also not at the same time. It's still just, it's, I don't know. It's so good. You have to watch it. Uh, so Wonder Woman is scratched by Cheetah and is infected by this nano machine into her bloodstream that makes her see a bunch of Cheetahs. And Wonder Woman never backs down from a challenge, so she's always fighting people. She thinks, and then what's kind of funny about this is like random people she keeps thinking is Cheetah, so she's just fighting like police officers yes. and old women and children. See, that's that's the amazing <laughs> that part. Is like, so they showed at one point they showed and there was just like fifty Cheetahs sprawled out across the ground, and it's just like wait. Hold up a second. Those are like that's she, she just like murdered her way through like fifty civilians, <laughs> and is now. And then for some reason, the SWAT team was like, "Do you know how we're gonna take down Wonder Woman? We're gonna With wrestle our bare her hands. <laughs> we're just gonna bare. We're gonna bare buckle knuckle box Wonder Woman because that's how we're gonna take out Wonder Woman. And they just had like twenty SWAT guys just like taking turns attacking Wonder Woman, like. Who decided that was a good strategy to take out Wonder Woman? Well, also, it's almost like it. Apparently, it's almost like it's. Oh, go ahead. I was just apparently she's like she was like running to her limit. What's she been fighting for? Like an hour? 
Like, is that her? She literally her limit is just like an hour to an hour of beating up civilians is all it takes to kill Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's actually a good point because uh, um, I've read issues where Batman and Captain back when DC and Marvel used to do joint comics. There's one where Batman and Captain Marvel fight, and it's it lasts for like it's like a two day like nonstop fight that Batman eventually wins because Captain America ends up uh, becoming too exhausted to continue. Because <laughs> Batman doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. So he does. He just I, suppresses it better. I think the guy who probably got it the so so I have to continue on. So pretty much these plans are to kill these people. Yes, yeah, so um, let's just systematically Savage, work our way through the plans here. Okay. Savage assembles Cheetah, Star Sapphire, Bane, Metallo. I'm glad they picked Bane, by the way. Metallo and Master Malafak. I was calling Malafuck. So he, he, um, he, those are the people he recruits. They're all like villains of uh, Cheetah's, Wonder Woman's villain. Uh, Star Sapphire is Green Lantern. Bane is obviously Batman. Metallo is Superman. Mirror Master, which is um, Flash. And then Malafuck, who is Martian Manhunters. Or Jean is how I usually refer to him as. Um, because we're friends. So pretty much they uh, <laughs> they take Savage pretty much dishes out the plans to all of them and just like they go to town, kill them off, come back. I'll give you a ton of money and then I'm going to tell you what the real plan is. <laughs> so um, also Savage, uh, the cool thing about it is in the very beginning where Mirror Master breaks into the Batcave. And he's like, you know, I could just scope around and find out who Batman is. And Savage's like, no, the information on the computer is more important. He's like, more important than Batman's identity? He's like, it must be really important then. He's like, plus, I already know who he is. <laughs> like, he doesn't really care. <laughs> yes, his identity is truly irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. He obviously knew his identity because, like, the whole Bane plan, he obviously knew his identity. It's like, it's... I feel like we've like if you really want to find out Batman's identity, there's plenty of loopholes you can find his identity. It's not like there's no way to trace back to his thing. It's it's too obvious in that's like there's 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 not enough rich people that can run around with fancy tools and things like that in that city to cover up who Batman really is if you really look. Well, to be fair, to be fair, if you're a civilian, you probably have probably have never seen Batman or even know he has these toys, because um, the uh, the media doesn't really say what he has, and that's where you're going to get your information from because the media never really gets access to him or even really gets any interaction with him. So you don't really uh, the public wouldn't know too much what Batman actually does. There's some people that think he's that he's not a man in a bat suit, that he's an actual bat demon and that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, I think over time though, as he's in the justice league, you would think you would know unless that people don't know that Batman's even in the justice league. It's not like he's always standing out there with them in public. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not saying um, like every, like Joe Schmo on the street could figure it out. I'm just saying like most of the villains 
have right. some sort the, of resources that they could probably the villains, figure it I'd out. Say a lot of, I'd say a lot of them aren't interested in that. Like the like his like Joker had no interest in it. Um, but like Savage knows and doesn't care. And again, I, he doesn't really consider Batman much of a threat in this mm-hmm. film at all. Uh, to the fact where he doesn't even design a plan to neutralize Batman. He recruits Bane to kill Batman, pretty much. And I'm pretty sure that was Bane's plan, to do all that. <laughs> so, like, um, and it, like I don't even think he cared if Batman knew that he had his plans or not. So, that part I always find kind of interesting, because they, I don't think he took Batman as a threat. Just like Lex Luthor has never taken him as a threat. So, anyways... Yeah, like- um, they had elaborate plans. He used, had all these elaborate plans, and they're like, you know how I'm going to get rid of Batman? I'm just going to throw him in a hole. That's that's my plan for that. Like, that, that was I honestly like... Plan. I think that was... I bet you that was Bane. I think he I think just told so, yeah. Bane who Batman is, and then Bane just kind of took it upon himself. Um, I don't know, because at one point, I think Batman was like... was like, yeah, the... The grid, that wasn't my plan. That one was written by Savage. I feel like he said that. He said it wasn't, it must have been one of theirs because I didn't, I didn't, um, that wasn't one of my plans. Hmm. I don't know. He I feel like Bane at the end. isn't smart enough to figure that one out. I feel like Bane he needed is to be smart, told. Though. Like in the comic book, Bane is smart. Hmm. So I could totally see him. Maybe, uh, maybe Savage said, like, use his. He's really close to his family, so use that. So, I mean, it seems like a pretty generic plan. I think Savage would have something a little bit more diabolical than uh, throwing but him again, in if a he grave doesn't actually, But again, if he doesn't really consider him a threat, then he probably would have been just like, meh, that's good enough. True. Who's well, going mean, to punch he, their way out of a casket? Come on now. If it was, if it was really his plan, I mean... He was able to get into the Batcave so easily with Mirror Master. Why not just have Mirror Master wait for Batman to come back down to the Batcave and just, like, slice his throat or something? Like, I don't think that Savage really even cared if Batman lived or died. Exactly, yeah. And, eh, so that's why the I don't information, think plan. The information, because he... Because, like, the reason he didn't want Mirror Master snooping around was because he cared more about the information the than he cared about anything else. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on. So, uh, obviously, we just covered Wonder Woman. The plan's on her. Martian Manhunter, I would have to say, got it the worst. Um, he was pretty much just set on fire that couldn't be put out. And for yes, people that don't know, Martians are, uh, their weakness is fire. And so he's just on fire the entire movie. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was poisoned with a chemical that made him sweat magnesium. Right. And so he was lit on fire and was literally like everyone was trying to put him out and he just kept burning. And he just stumbled his way through the city until he fell into the water and he's literally just like floating in an ocean, just burning infinitely. Like, Batman that, provides yeah, aluminum oxide to neutralize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's probably truly the worst one because it's literally like he just just burning infinitely. That's 
Ooh, that's that's a rough one. Flash gets lured by Mirror Master, which uh, pretty much it's he needs to uh, save a dead grandma or no a grandma that's Mirror Master says that part was kind of funny like he's asking Mirror Master oh, yeah. what's in the box he's like dead grandma wait really what no 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 <laughs> but uh, he gets this thing trapped onto his uh, uh, this wrist that he has to run yes, at a certain a speed or it'll explode. Bomb bolted through his wrist. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, so if he and if he could if he started running he wouldn't be able to stop. He basically was like the speed movie version for Flash. He yeah. couldn't drop below fifty five miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um I guess how'd they get the bomb off of him? Batman instructs him to run and vibrate yeah, he, through the iceberg. Okay. Yeah, he ran through the iceberg. Which I guess That's the bomb right. got hooked into the iceberg and he was able to keep running and yeah. So, and now we're going to talk Green Lantern. I think this is where it becomes the most, this was the most interesting and the most disappointing one. Um, Green yes. Lantern is lured to a mine. Uh, I guess he, and uh, he brings in like the scarecrow toxin, like he breathes it in. So he, um, after failing to save, this hostage, certain hostage life, uh, his fears get exploited by Star Sapphire, and she says something pretty interesting. Like, uh, there's clearly some backstory between Star Sapphire and Green Lantern. Like, she became like it sounds like she used to be like a person or something like that that Green Lantern knew, and she turned into that. And I wish we would have explored a little bit of that because I knew I know nothing about that. Yeah, because it was it definitely was like he caused her to be what she is. Kind of seemed like, and I know at the end after he beat her, he like took the sapphire out of her and she turned back into a normal person. So there, right. yeah. So there, so there was something obviously like happened there that he did something or made a mistake and caused that to happen. And he lost Which, control of his ring because if he doesn't concentrate, he can't have control of his ring. And he wasn't able to concentrate because he was listening to AFI in the cave and was really sad, pretty much. So he's mm-hmm. just he's in emo mode for the rest of the episode. Which, again, if you think about it, if, this, if the plans are to kill the Justice League, if Vandal Savage rewritten them to neutralize or kill the Justice League, this doesn't kill Green Lantern. She didn't attempt to try to kill him at any point. It was just him being depressed. See, yeah, because like he said, he adapted the plans to kill, but like none of these plans would have killed anyone. Except for Martian Manhunter was the only one where it looked like it would have been attempted murder. But like, yeah, um, like, but they even Flash. said Flash too was eventually probably going to die. Flash was probably the only one who would have actually died. Um, like even the Martian Manhunter though, like when he showed back, whatever they're like, he was like, he's like, you can't be here. You should have been burning for at least a couple more weeks still. So obviously it was never intended to actually kill him. It was just supposed to like torture him and probably drive him insane over the course of a couple weeks of burning infinitely or unless, okay, I just had a thought. What if all of this is 
they're all basically neutralized and the solar flare probably finishes the job. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to wait, it's going to well, fry feel, I, half of the planet. I feel like even Martian Manhunter cannot like I feel like they'd all die to like a solar flare frying half the planet. I feel like when he's already, to kill especially them. when he's already on fire and he wouldn't be able to avoid it. Superman would have mm-hmm. probably been the only one to be able to survive it. But he was weak at that time. True. He was I'm all saying, like, like if Superman if this solar flare hit with Superman still alive, he'd probably be the only one that would survive it. At yes. some point. And if anything, he would probably be like buried under the ground or floating through space infinitely, just unable to do anything except be in basically a coma, I feel like. So then Superman gets um, shot with a kryptonite bullet, um, but then it's extracted by Cyborg, which, again, meh. Yes, Cyborg, yeah, lasered a hole, and then John, weird, tentacly-fingered, pulled the bullet out. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was. I think the the premise of this was actually really cool. Like what they were going to do. I feel like the execution was very weak. See, at overall, no point, I, feel I did. Like I, it at no point, I didn't think that any of the members were in any jeopardy of dying. See, I guess relatively speaking, like the only reason they were able to undo all of this was. The fact that Batman knew exactly what all of the plans were. Right. And the fact and he said, he's like, he, in the beginning, he's like, he grabs Cyborg and is like, he's like, you have to come. You like, oh, you're not, you're not a member. The plans don't account for you. You're going to be the key to this because Cyborg wasn't in the Justice League. So he wasn't in the plan. So he was an outside variable. And that's why he was able to basically disarm all the plans is because he had an outside variable that was able to operate beyond the scope of what the plans originally anticipated probably because he knew the plans and had an outside person that was able to manipulate the events to undo them basically yeah I think just yeah and again if uh that to me also proves why Vandal Savage just, I guess he just didn't care about Batman in this because if he, if Batman, Batman would have been the only threat because he would have known how to undo everything. If that's the case, why bury him alive? Why not just kill him and get him gone? It's because Bane wanted him to suffer. So I think though, I really think that's Bane's plan. I really think it was. I don't think it's mm-hmm. Savage's. I think Savage maybe gave him the idea, but Bane. It was Bane's. It was Bane's plan. But uh, he was taking credit for it too. Yeah. But it's also. See, I really feel like it's Cyborg was the key more than Batman in this even, because like Batman did know the plans, but like, let's say Wonder Woman, like. He, Batman, in order to underdo Wonder Woman's nanite stem cell, whatever the heck was going on, like Cyborg just used his like arm laser thing to like blast her with the frequency to disarm them. Like 
they would have had to find some device that would be able to put out this frequency and somehow figure out what the frequency was and do all this. And that would have been a lot of work to undo Wonder Woman's. And then, like, Flashes is relatively easy to undo, but, like, I don't know, the Wonder Woman, like, pretty much Cyborg was the only one that was able to undo Wonder Woman's one. And then Cyborg was the key to extracting the bullet. And just like, without the cyborg variable, he would not have been able to undo these plans as easily as he did. You know, the part I did like is that after after everyone's pretty much safe, they're sitting in the they're having a conversation. I don't know if it was in the watchtower or where it was, but they're all saying like, "Who could have come?" Like these plans were uh, planned at our weaknesses. These plans were like somebody. It's someone that must know us. Somebody that has been really close to us. And Batman's like, the plans were mine. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought that part was great. <laughs> yeah. He just like, owns up to do it. And doesn't, yeah. Cause like, apologize for it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I had created all these plans in case any or all of you went rogue. I needed a feel safe to make sure that I had some way to deal with you. And they're like, Oh, that's terrible. Why would you do that? And he's like, he's like, it's like if you can't if you can't know the reason like if you can't that see why end. I would that was be, at the end. Yeah, it was all the same conversation though, but it was it was like if you no, can't No, it was see the, uh, there was one they had there was one they had before the uh before they went after the doom or the the um the no, bad it was guys. All the same com- and then it was at the end. They didn't have that conversation until after that. Oh, really? I thought that was in the yeah. middle because at the end, that's when they were doing. They introduced Cyborg as a new member, and then they were going to take a vote because they already knew yeah, that was, they were Batman's plans. That was all big one convers. That was one big conversation at the end because they were all sitting up in the watchtower and they were discussing. They discussed the plans, or whatever, and then they said they were going to induct Cyborg in, and then I don't know. It was all. It was all one big conversation at the end, though. I I don't think so. I think that the one I'm talking about happened, and then they went and took care of the bad guys and came back to do their vote. After they inducted Cyborg. They inducted Cyborg, and then they uh, they wanted... They pretty much were going to let Batman speak for himself, because at that point, they knew it was him, because they were all having the meeting. The uh, He admitted to them before they went after the bad guys that it was his plans. He just, at that point, he didn't apologize. He pretty much said, like, I didn't, um, he's, he's like, uh, I pretty much like, he said, in any other circumstances, I'd do it again. And Green Lantern's like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, come on, Batman, we're trying to help you here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then he said the line you were about to say. Yeah, he's like, if you don't realize why I needed to to have these plans in place, then you guys are already lost. And I, 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 wow, I can't talk. You guys are already lost um, and I can't be part of this anymore. Something like that. He said, if you people can't see the problems with an out-of-control Justice League, then I don't need to wait for a vote. I don't belong here. And then he left. There you go. And Superman gave him the bullet. 
but uh, let's talk about the uh, the scene that had you pretty irritated with Superman. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. so of course they they escape all their plans and then they go and confront the all the villains again and they all square off with their exact counterparts again and they're all fighting in Metallo. Metallo is the one who shot Superman. I don't know if we established that, but yeah, Metallo is the weird robot dude, the controlled by a kryptonite core thing. I'm still, I don't know enough about Metallo. It just, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. Anyways. And so he's just beating the crap out of Superman and they're fighting and everyone's fighting and everything like that. And, then well, yeah, and then Cyborg gets the unlucky job of fighting Vandal Savage on his own. <laughs> so he just got his ass kicked, basically. Um, but yeah, he's fighting, and then Vandal Savage ends up launching the rocket, and Superman just X-rays and sees the rocket flying. He goes, "Oh, I guess I'm needed elsewhere," and then just like double punch laser eye kills Metallo and flies through the roof in half a second. Like he's been fighting him for like 10 minutes and just getting his ass kicked. And then they're like, Oh, I guess I have someplace else to be. Let me just two shot him and walk out the door. Like he could have finished him at any time. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to make this a challenge. Like it's, it's just, eh, it irritates me. He could have finished that at any point. And, like, the entire yep. time he could have just, like, finished Metallo and then just, like, went off and helped any of the other people fighting who couldn't just two-shot their villain because they got overpowered because Superman's a terrible person. It just... Uh, I try to give him a chance. And over and over again, he proves that he's a terrible character. <laughs> just because Except he's too overpowered. so far. Mhm. He's just, in general, he's just way too overpowered. Did you catch at the end um, where they were talking about Vandal Savage? And I think they said, well, Vandal Savage has been founded by the world court. Like, the, that's a thing. That mm-hmm. he was found guilty for crimes against humanity and is sentenced to life without parole. They just kind of threw that in there without, like... <laughs> That's how that that's it for him. I guess he's done. Like, yeah, that's uh, just, he's kind of a he's supposed to be a major villain, and that's the way he's going out. He's being found guilty by the world court. <laughs> eh. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where, like, oh yeah, we put him in prison until he decides he doesn't want to be in prison, then he'll just break out because that's what he does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there were some some points in this. Um, so this is the segment where uh, we asked Mr. Quimby, how do you improve this movie? Cut Superman. Cut oh, Superman. Seriously. Just kidding. No, um, how do you write him? Then you got to write him out. How do you write him out? He's no, I was, Superman's fine. I just, I feel like choosing the villains that actually, maybe felt more threatening. Like Bane seemed fine. Like, but like, I guess I don't know enough about wonder woman and her villains. If she, Cause they want, I guess they wanted specific villains for each of them, but like cheetah, why, why was she a threat? Like, I don't understand. Like it did. She, she didn't seem like a real threat. I think and, she's the only like non 
god villain that Wonder Woman fights against because she fights like gods, and I think oh. she's the only like non god. <laughs> otherwise, she's why does like, a god need to be part of a team? You know. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. It just she seemed very disappointing, and it was just like. I don't know why that needed, like, I don't know, that's so very, and then, like, the not having the backstory, like, not knowing anything about the Star Sapphire or whatever her her name is, like, she was a nobody I had never heard of or seen before, and whatever the Jean's, was he, he was another Martian, too, which, okay, I I didn't know who he was, like, that was yeah, Mellow, whatever the heck. Mellow, nobody. Um, does John have his own movies? Does he have his own like comic book, or is he just like a Justice League side character? I think he does have a comic book, but no, there are no there are no Martian Manhunter movies. Okay, which is because, incredibly disappointing. Yeah, I kind of want to see that. That'd be. I don't know. Is there enough to him for him to be a, to have his own movie? Absolutely. If you uh, watch the very first episode of the Justice League animated series, that's all about Jean. His backstory is like, yeah, like very interesting. I yeah, I, I've seen that, and like they covered his backstory, and they did all that pretty well in the animated series, but like. What would a movie even be with him? I don't know. I guess I'm not the. I'm you not probably a you probably would have to almost. He would probably you'd probably do like him on Mars and a flashback to him being on Mars and doing a war with that alien race and being like that kind of crap and then coming to Earth to try to uh, him adopting Earth as his second home and he has to expose himself, uh, but people are still scared of him because he still looks like an alien. But he has See, to like somehow fit in, mm, and he wants to save people because he does consider Earth his home since Mars is destroyed. I feel like something origin, like that. I feel like an origin would probably be a terrible option for him. Well, you'd have to no. It would be there's like this main threat to the to the planet. It, uh, some type of alien, like a brainiac type character, is coming in. And John knows all about it because he's experienced before. And you kind of tell the movie almost in like half flashback and kind of like, like you have flash, kind of like how Batman begins okay. once. Okay. Where it was told in it was told in real time, but they flashbacked or like how okay. arrow always flashed back. Like you have two plots. Yeah, going. Cause I suppose. Yeah, that could actually, yeah, that would work. Okay. I could see that happening. Yeah. Cause it just seems like, he is like he's been he's like in the Justice League. He's like a big character or whatever and like everyone forgets he exists. Like nobody yeah. really like he's just kind of that he's just the dude that's always in the background and nobody really notices. Well here's the thing. Shazam got a freaking movie. Frickin' Shazam, who's not even a major character in the DC universe at all. Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter, who's one of the major, he's one of the major members of the Justice League. Shazam's not even in the Justice League. Like, he's not one of the original seven. And so, um, Jean is, and I've always found him one of the more interesting characters out of the entire series. Other than Batman, obviously. But the way mm-hmm. how him and Batman are able to get along. 
and the respect that they have for each other. Like there's a scene where Batman was being told that he could not leave the watchtower because he didn't have any superpowers. And he was the only one that was kind of vulnerable. And John was left with him alone to make sure he didn't leave the watchtower. And Batman pretty much said to him, he's like, I'm taking the shuttle ship unless you're going to try to stop me. And he's like, nope. <laughs> he just let him go. <laughs> yeah. He is a, I like John. Like, and to be fair, like it was in this movie, he was very meh. Like, yeah. I feel like he, he was just, he was there a little bit in the beginning got his ass kicked oh yeah i i forgot the the entire beginning sequence with the whole card gang people oh yeah that was where yes i found that incredibly amusing though because yeah so back up batman there tracks down the card people or whatever which is a gang that are all different gang Royal Flush Gang. Wait a see, You know words, man. You actually remember things. Well, they're <laughs> in the continue. animated. They're they're in the animated series also. Were they? Yep. They were okay. the they were the gang that was with Joker. Hmm. Okay. They just didn't um, have that metal dude. Yeah, the giant robot ace dude. Um. Anyways, so Batman finds them and basically is like, they're like he calls for backup, which incredibly un-Batman thing to do. But yeah, he was just like, oh yeah, here it is, whatever. And they're like, wait for backup, whatever. And he's just like, nope, and just walks in anyways. And <laughs> goes in and basically he he starts fighting them or whatever. Is honestly not doing terrible considering it's like five on one. He's holding right. his own. He's holding his own. He's doing decently okay. Um, and then the Justice League shows up and they all split up and like do everything one on one. And Jean gets electrocuted in his attempt to stop a dude. Because I don't know. See, that's one thing about him, though. It seems like he always is just like. It's just like, hey, you should stop. And then instead of just like going like, boom, I'm going to punch you in the face. He tries to be too nice or um i can't say the word i'm trying to think of like but he tries to do things too by the book i guess i would say instead of just being like no i'm gonna phase up behind you and just like crack the back of your head and then you're unconscious and then we can take you in but anyways yeah he gets electrocuted he's the only one in the justice league who gets like defeated by mr nobody (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because John always isn't, uh, John's not a violent person and never tries to be violent. He always mm-hmm. tries to give the opposition a chance to surrender. Uh, he's in the animated series, he's the same way. So, I know, like, and that's. Because he, he can take it. He can take it. Yeah, it just, it always seems like it always just bites him and mm-hmm. just, it never works in his favor. And it's always well, a problem. Yeah, like, he can always take it. That's the, that's why he does it. Because mm-hmm. he knows he's going to be able to take whatever they give him. Yeah, it'll hurt, but he'll be fine. And he knows he'll be fine. Where, like, yeah. Batman, obviously, is not going to let you electrocute him. Because it'll probably kill him. So he's like, no, not happening. Plus, he doesn't trust anybody. 
There's yeah. a scene, uh, a really good scene that I actually highly recommend you see. It's from The Batman. And it's the first time that Batman and the Martian Manhunter meet. Uh, Jean is a uh, Jean in this universe, like his human character, because he, he can morph, he can mm-hmm. shapeshift. He's a detective, pretty much, like a private investigator. And he's investigating this uh, alien thing or whatever. Anyways, Batman figures out that uh, John Jones is the Martian Manhunter and figures out he's Martian. And they, they're, they're sitting in like a Denny's or something, just having a conversation. It's Bruce Wayne to him. And pretty much uh, he said to him, like saying, like, you don't like, uh, you don't like fire that much, huh? And uh, John's like, uh, he didn't really answer. He's like, wait, what? He's like, Martians, they don't like fire, so he must be Martian. And he, he's like, wait, how did you figure that out? He's like, like, how did you figure out that Martians don't like fire? He's like, he's like, I made sure that I studied up on many different things. I can teach a college course on, on Martians. <laughs> like, he studies up on all things of all knowledge. And John even says, like, has anyone ever told you you're a little paranoid? He's like, yeah, my partner's. <laughs> then he's like, but there's also I don't know why I even have partners. <laughs> yeah. There's also a good moment there after like the beginning scene or whatever where Batman's just like they're like they figure out the thing, or whatever, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go back to the Batcave and he's like perfectly fine. He like bat zip lines away or whatever like that. And as soon as he's like out of sight of everyone, he like slumps over and is clearly in a lot of pain. Yeah. Like he like he kept his he kept his facade up very like strong whatever and then he like as soon as he was out of sight everyone he almost like collapsed on the ground and like dragged himself into the Batmobile to leave. And I thought that was that was very interesting that he of course he kept his like face on until he was out of sight of everyone and then he like let himself feel the pain then at that point. That was very oh, interesting Alfred moment was, too. And Alfred was great in the short moments he had he was great as usual. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> He, he pretty much, uh, Batman's like, you're not going to let me go to work, are you? He's like, not until you have at least eight hours bed rest and have chick- my, he made chicken, chicken noodle soup. <laughs> and he even said something like, uh, like, I can tell you're in pain. You're bleeding all over my rug. <laughs> yep. So Alfred's great. Um, yeah. He, in the animated series, he's phenomenal. So like, that's uh, I'm glad they kept that. You could tell that's a Bruce Tim thing because that's something that uh, mm-hmm. Bru- uh, Bruce Tim kind of did that with Alfred by making him very, very sarcastic and very like, but almost to the point where it's like he doesn't he doesn't want Bruce to do all this, but he doesn't have much of a choice because he's going to follow him wherever he he's very loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And or I've seen different versions like um, in the Gotham series it was a pretty good Alfred, but it wasn't like that kind of Alfred. He was more like a caretaker than he was a. Um, yeah, you know, I feel the like Alfred there's that we know. there's like two. I feel like there's like there's probably more. There, I feel like there's two like classes of Alfred out there in all the different iterations. Yeah. There is the like bodyguard Alfred who's got, like, the training and, like, the spec ops history. And then there's, like, the almost father figure Alfred who, like, takes care of him and makes sure he gets his thing, whatever, and, like, 
Batman like actually listens to and stuff like that. Kind of like what we got in this one where he's like, Nope, you're going to do this or whatever before you're allowed to go to work. Like talking to him almost like a child. And like, there's almost two versions of him that uh, the thing is like, they always, always, they almost always fall into one of those categories, which version of Alfred they choose to do, which are both very good Alfreds, just in different forms for different ways. And they both work very well because you could, you could see, you could see either one of them working very well with Batman. Right. I think with the Kevin Conroy Batman, you need the father figure Alfred. I think it just works better. I don't know mm-hmm. if that Alfred would work well with a uh, with the bodyguard style Alfred, because that Alfred's more to a um, to more of a Batman that is kind of green or very new or not as uh, closed off as this Batman is. Because mm-hmm. the Kevin Conroy Batman doesn't show much emotion. He blocks out a lot of things. Yeah. But I call this the Bruce Tim Batman, which is my favorite Batman of any uh, any universe I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be the Batman that a lot of people try to copy. Now, in the movies, they f- I think they fuck him up almost every single time they've ever written him. Because it seems like the like Christopher Nolan and all these other like directors, it seems like they don't understand what makes Batman Batman. <laughs> like we'll dive into the Christopher Nolan movies, for example. What what is this Batman? He's just a, a martial arts expert, pretty much, right? A brute force. Okay. They they very rarely show him doing any detective work. Uh, he's never a step ahead of anybody. And he's almost he'd be really similar to how Oliver Queen is written in um, an Arrow. That's -hmm. the difference between maybe Oliver Queen and Batman. Is Batman is more of he's the full package. Oliver Queen has the like he could go hand to hand combat with Batman, and and it'd be it'd be a challenge for both of them. But if uh, but there's no way that. Green Arrow would ever stay a, hep- a step ahead of Batman. Yeah, like, be- see, I feel like Batman, Batman at his core is just an investigator. And I could almost see, I guess they kind of did it in, like, the Batman Beyond choke. But, like, when he was older, like, you could, I, I could see Batman, he being the guy who's just, like, being the office guy, running someone and doing all the research and having some punk kid be the guy on the streets doing all the manual labor and doing all the hard work, whatever. And he just runs the investigation part, which is basically how they did it in Batman beyond. But like, I feel like the only reason, the reason he doesn't do that is because he's got that whole, like I couldn't, there's no way I could put anyone else there to do it. Nobody would do it better than me. Right. And that's why he would never let anyone else do that other than, because he's the best person that's going to be able to do it, even though he probably would do better just being the 100% research guy. He is the research yeah. guy and the muscle, which right. he can pull he it does off. It like, in Justice League, he shouldn't be utilized fighting aliens and shit like that. He should be at the watchtower, giving direction, being the one in charge, like, like designating the, people to where they need to be. It was great, though, because in the Justice League show, it happened over and over and over again 
where there'd be some big fight happening and then there'd just be Batman like solving the problem through research or reading a book or interviewing a random <laughs> old lady in an office. Like he'd just be doing this like grunt, like manual grunt, like investigation work, which would then eventually lead to the clue that they needed to solve the big problem. And everyone else would just like br- try to brute force the problem and just get their, bu- just get beat up by whatever they were fighting. It just, it was like a reoccurring theme. Like they didn't make it obvious every time, but it just seemed like, yeah, everyone just kind of runs off and gets beat up. And then Batman swoops in at the end with the pro- the solution and everyone takes credit for it. Yep. That's exactly what, that's exactly how it goes. And just about every episode, it's mm-hmm. always the clues that Batman finds to where they can solve whatever problem they're doing. And like, and I think that, that's what that's, makes the that's show. That's what really, and that's what really made me. That would that's what really made me appreciate Batman more than any other version of Batman I've seen is when you realize like, oh, he is really the brains behind the operation. Like in yeah. Justice League, he actually he almost fits that role where he in Justice League he kind of takes the back seat and does the legwork basically and lets all the other people the aliens and immortals take the beatings because like they can take it he can't <laughs> there was a there's a scene in there where he he finds a he meets Amanda Waller for the first time uh with and finds out about project cadmus and they kind of kind of go back and forth trying to one up each other and there's even a thing where uh, Waller's like, he's like, go ahead and uh, you uh, go ahead and expose me if that's what you want to do, rich boy. Like she knows he's Bruce, and mm-hmm. uh, Bruce is like, Bruce is like, yeah, that's fine. We uh, let's we can walk into the light together. I'm sure the American people would want to know more about your activities and who I am. <laughs> so pretty much calling her bluff. And there's even exactly, another yeah. thing where. Where Waller has uh, all her people with her guns pointed at the, uh, they're, they're trying to recruit their people back. It's, it's not really relevant. But anyways, Batman, Batman standing there, and then Superman and Aquaman just walk in front of the dudes, and Batman pretty much says to Waller, like, <laughs> mine are bigger than yours. Like my guns are bigger than your guns right now because <laughs> I've got Superman and Aquaman. <laughs> I mean, Aquaman in that show is just really good, too. Yeah. It's just... It is probably... I think it's the best superhero animated show out there. I recommend anyone who hasn't watched that, you need to watch it. Like, I know Andrew said he's watched the majority of them, but I don't think you watched any of the Unlimited, right? Correct. I have not seen any of the Unlimited. Right. Because they're all half-hour episodes. That's the difference between Unlimited and the original Justice League. But wait till you run into like the question. And when the qu- the question is like a conspiracy theorist guy, where he all he does is investigations and stuff like that, and he he always thinks there's something else going on. And there's even a thing where the Justice League, um, they, the one where they went into the alternate reality and they. Uh, 
they ran into the Justice Lords. And they used Lex Luthor's, uh, they pardoned Lex Luthor for the technology to, to put down the Justice Lords. I don't know if you remember that one. It's vaguely familiar, but I can't remember the details. With you. But they referenced that. And that's how Luthor got pardoned. And he's now running for president. And so he looks at all like, the things that will happen. And his biggest fear, because he's, he's went through all the research, what ends up happening is Luthor kills the Flash. Uh, Superman kills Luthor, and that starts Armageddon as, in retaliation. So he's, mm-hmm. he's deciding that he's going to go confront Luthor himself and kill Lex Luthor. Because he says the League will survive if he does it, because he's a nobody. Hmm. <laughs> so he confronts Luthor and tells him everything that's going on. And Luthor's like, that's a pretty good plan, if, if it would actually work. And then he f- then finds out that Luthor has super strength because he's been injecting himself with that liquid kryptonite. <laughs> and he like beats the shit out of the question and pretty much says, like, you think I want to you think I want to be president? Do you know how much power I would lose if I became president? Pretty much said, like, that's right. I ran. I spent billions of dollars on a fake presidential campaign just to tick Superman off. (laughs) So it's like because Luthor is partnered with Cadmus, which is a plan to take out the Justice League because they have that satellite pointing down. And Batman, when Batman found out all about that, he didn't tell anyone in the Justice League about Project Cadmus. Because he, he actually kind of agreed with them. And there's yeah. even a thing where, where Batman got his ass whooped or whatever, and he's in, like a, he's in a hospital bed. And he pretty much told the Justice League, like, everything that's wrong with everything that's like what would happen if you guys were to go over to the bad side and superman's like we would never do that he's like yeah even with mind control or anything like that you don't think they should have at least a fighting chance against us Mm -hmm. and superman's like well you always you always have that kryptonite bullet and it's like you don't get the chance to joke right now So, yeah, it's. I know we tangent off to that show, but that is such a phenomenal freaking show. <laughs> and I feel like a yes. lot of these movie, these Justice League movies we're going to do, it's going to tail back to that show and why that show is better than the movies we review. <laughs> the Justice yep. League movies, because I feel yep. like the show did the same exact thing but did it better. Mm-hmm. It they just did use... so many things really well. Yes. Now, this movie overall wasn't bad, but if you're comparing it to the animated series, it falls short. Overall, compared to the other animated movies, this does just fine. This is something that you can let your kids watch. It's, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just a, it's a fun superhero movie. I wish Pretty they would have. Yeah. I think I wish they would have explored some things like uh, the Green Lantern thing. I want to know more about that. Like that's. To me, that's unex- that I miss it. Is there a movie before this that explained all that? Maybe. I don't think so. So that needs 
that needs to be polished up. But I would go into a little bit more into that. Um, other than that, it's kind of, uh, to me, I felt like it was anticlimactic. Yeah, I you got exactly what you, like, if you, you were told the premise of this movie, you're like, oh, yeah, they'll fight them at the end and beat them. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't. They didn't give you an interesting twist or an interesting ending. They just gave you your typical, we're going to beat up the bad guys and win ending. They gave you exactly the generic ending you expect out of a generic movie. Well, let's compare it to Public Enemies, because it kind of had the essence of the same thing almost, with with something coming towards Earth. And, you know, the, the heroes needed to save the day. At least in Public Enemies, we got a little bit of an epic moment of Batman just jumping in the mist that that missile and flying it manually without w- without hesitation. This movie we didn't get anything like that, and I think that's uh, maybe the difference in the two movies. Where I would almost yeah, say Public got, Enemies. Mu- yeah, we just got the generic whole um, them lifting the whole face, whatever they the. Legion of Doom headquarters, and th- so they could phase the entire planet because apparently the watchtower just has enough batteries inside of it to phase the entire planet so the solar flare right. could pass through the planet. Like, it didn't even sound like they came up with this ridiculous plan. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they just, because, you know, they need obscene, ridiculous resources. And it's like, oh, yeah, we just happen to have those laying around. But and the best like, quote of the movie is when Superman said, and I know I saw, I thought that he said this in Public Enemies, but no, he said it in this movie, where um, I could always just move the Earth, and Batman says, if I had a week, I'd list you all the reasons why that wouldn't work. <laughs> like, that's yep. how long the list would be. It'd take him a mm-hmm. week to say all of it. <laughs> just kind of, like, you dope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like... I think in Public Enemies, when Batman jumps in that rocket ship and flies up to the to the meteorite, it's something that us we can all relate to. That we can all relate to, like sacrificing yourself for something that's important. This we can't. There's nothing. There's nothing here we can relate to because these are pretty much gods with godlike powers doing godlike things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because at least in Public Enemies. You had that, oh, like, everything kind of fell apart, and Batman had to then sacrifice himself to do the thing, and it's just like, at least it gave you, like, they had a few little minor twists in the end, and everything just didn't go exactly according, exactly how you thought it was going to go, like, oh, they'll launch a rocket and it'll work. Oh, no, they actually disarmed the rocket, and Batman had to, like, fly it himself, like... At least they did, like, a few minor twists to keep the ending interesting, and this just didn't. Not that I had a problem with, like, overall this movie was better, though. Going back to Public Enemies, and, uh, in you know, when he flies that ship, they do a similar thing, and I'm going back to my favorite show right now, in Justice League, the animated series, in the episode, the three-part episode that ended the that ended Justice League pretty much with the one where the Fenisgarians showed up and all the, you know, the whole Hawk Hawk people when they all showed up and enforced martial law and all the, on everybody. 
Well, there's a thing where they took the watchtower and they were going to launch it into, um, I think it was a spacecraft or something. Like they were going to change the orbit of Earth or whatever. And uh, they had the plan where it was going to it was going to go through it, and all the members of the Justice League would be out of the tower. But Batman, uh, he wanted to make sure. He's just like, so everybody, everybody's in the escape pod, right? Yep. So he presses the button. He sends them away. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I can't risk the ship burning up on reentry. I got to guide it in manually. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. And he's, again, sacrificing himself. But he doesn't, because he's the only one that knows how to drive that ship. When Green mm-hmm. Lantern and Flash are just like, what do we do? Like, he, he's the only one that knows how to do it. And yeah, yeah uh, so they were like, yeah. <laughs> but I think that was done better than in Public Enemies. But again, uh, that show is just better than any of these movies. That's just that's just a fact. Um, I just I feel like the show it just had better writing. It's like the same I feel people. like the, it's just weird though because it doesn't feel like it. It just feel like the show. There was so much thought put into the show, and like everything was very thought out and planned. And at these movies, like. They just feel like someone's like, ah, we were told we need to make a movie. Let's just grab this random comic book and throw a script together based off of it. Like, they I seem think that's like... what it is, because cause Justice League were kind of original stories written by creative writers. And these are, someone else wrote it, like a comic book or whatever, and they're readapting it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just a flaw with... It's just the flaw of adapting a comic book into a movie that it feels like, I, I guess, not dynamic because I guess, I don't know, because comic books are static stories. So trying to adapt a static story into an active movie, maybe that just kind of falls flat a little bit. Maybe it's just an issue with that. That's why these just don't feel. Because I guess if you're writing something for action it's going to have a different feel than if you're adapting somewhat something to action from a different format uh, like a story because right i guess i guess maybe that's the problem i don't i don't know it's just it's a weird it's a weird like it just doesn't line up and make sense like you would expect these movies to be as good or better than the show but they're just yeah. not at least the ones we've done the yeah. two we the two Justice League movies we've done. Well, Superman Batman's not technically a Justice League movie, but it is. So, like, the two we've done so far, because we did two medium-range movies. And this one did pretty well with review score, but I'm, I'm wondering if the people that reviewed it never watched the animated series. Mm-hmm. It's very possible, probably. Because the animated series came out in 2001. That's the crazy thing. The, the thing's, like, 19, 20 years old. And the writing in that is just better than any of these movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's Justice League Doom in a nutshell. Um, we got anything else to add about it? No. Um, I think we've pretty much covered it pretty well. So uh, next week we're going to do Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I think we agreed upon. Um, how excited are you to review that one? I, we, like you said, we've done a few middle range movies and now 
we're going for the your top tier movie here. So this Hopefully is my. I, do, uh, I don't. I don't destroy your delusions here. Uh, I I think you'd find. I think it'd be very hard for you not to like this, just because it's a Batman. First of all, this is going to be a Batman movie, so this is going to be the first mm-hmm. like actual Batman movie we've done for a show that's called Batcast. And <laughs> and with and this was a theatrical release. This is written and directed by Bruce Tim, who um, the story behind it is pretty interesting because the studios gave them like no time to do this movie because a typical animated film takes two years to make back then. They gave them a year. And for them to give them a year, they gave them full creative control over the story and everything. So this is pretty much like the studio did not get involved with this movie. Also, the studio never advertised it either. It was supposed to be like something that was supposed to piggyback off the success of Batman Returns when that Hmm. came out. Okay. Which was, I think, came out in 91. I think this film came out in 91. So, the essence of it is, it's, it's, it's just a really good story. And you... I've had this discussion before, that the story is so good that... Or the story is so relatable and good that this didn't have to even be a Batman story, but it worked the way they did it. And I know I used the term score, which I, which uh, you figured out what that meant when I said that. But like the, the score in the movie is phenomenal. Some of the best music in the uh, in it, and we will have our intro and outro. Hopefully, maybe maybe people are gonna be like, we already heard that. So that theme you heard in the beginning, that's the uh, the mask of the phantasm theme. And then we're going to end with one, too, which is going to be hopefully pretty cool or epic, or it might suck. Who knows? But <laughs> with that, um, I'm Andrew Karachi alongside Andrew Quimby. And we'll be back next week with the greatest animated movie, or the greatest Batman animated movie, and, in my opinion, the best Batman movie ever with Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I look forward to finding out if that's true.